0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Grand Blitz, episode 356, Oscar Lopez in the house, and so we'll be joined shortly by the Utah Falcons All-Star and Hall of Famer Holly Custis. And in about an hour, we will be diving into the salty one, Mackenzie Brooks, and we're going to be talking NFL Conference Championships, plus the last half hour of the day, we're going to be talking to Nate Ward on the happenings in women's news from Australia, plus out in Texas with Texas Valley Sports. So uh, two hours of jam-packed action, including uh, we are going to have the Wynn Domini, WFA uh, owner of the Maya Blaze, and everything to talk about WFA with all the recent news that was happening in the last two weeks. So if you missed it, you can go to the Hub, get all the details right there at the Hub in terms of what we're talking about. But we will break it down for you in about 15 minutes. That's Wynn Domini coming in here, talking about WFA 2021. We're also going to break down the divisional playoffs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes injury, plus everything uh, in terms of what's going to happen coming up here for the conference championship. So stay tuned with us. And as always, uh, join joining us today for the excitement is Monkey Night Fight. So that's our sponsor. So check out the monkey dot com. Go there. Five five dollar gameplay. You can uh, get matched up to fifty dollars. You can play more or less. That's what I play pretty interesting so you can get ready for the nfl conference championships you can play nba daily so don't forget sign up use code njf you can sign up at com. thanks to, to mike and I for supporting us and also supporting women's tackle football so we're gonna get uh the hall of famer here coming in in a little bit uh to talk about the uh the divisional the divisional round here so i'm thinking we're gonna have to call her in so let me see here um I think the lines on there. Let me try to call her in. There we go. Let's try to do that. So let's let's ch- chime in to Holly Custis here in a little bit here. So we'll get her on the line. We're having some difficulties, I guess, getting through the line. So we'll get onto it right now. So we'll give her a call and chime her on. Just give me a second here and we'll get her on. So, it will be to get her onto the podcast. There we go. There we go. Let's see if we're going in there. Let's get her on here. And... Hello. Hey, Holly. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Just having some difficulties right there with the switchboard. I don't know what's going on with the line uh, coming in, but. Unfortunately, sometimes it happens, so we just have to adjust like that. Um, Holly, uh, we didn't get the Browns win that we were all anticipating for Callie Branson, but we did get a pretty interesting game.
2: Oh, my. Yeah, that was a really interesting game, and, you know, I think if you're a Browns fan, you have to be very torn, because on one hand, you got further than what people would have expected. On the other hand, <clears throat> nobody really gave you a huge chance against the chiefs and and you had you had your opportunities and um when uh, mahomes went down there and uh and the browns were w- running the ball well i thought you know what i i think they they uh they have an opportunity here um and they just they couldn't cash it in and then i i don't know uh what you can say other than uh, it's pretty um surprising that uh you would ha- let uh, a guy like Kenny come in and get those 13 yards on you i think that just has to be a killer um but uh, if you're Kansas City i mean you you escaped by the skin of your teeth and um uh, we still don't know um you know the status of Mahomes or not uh but it definitely was a crazy killer game and one of those games where it, it, it seems like it was set up for the Browns to take it, uh, but they just didn't quite do enough at the end.
1: Yeah, I, I think that some of the calls, uh, even some of the, I think, illegal missed calls uh, contributed to something uh, with Mahomes. But overall, I think uh, uh, we knew this was, we knew Kansas City was not going to be Pittsburgh, right, coming in. If you were a Browns fan and thinking that they were just going to do what they did to Pittsburgh, that was just kind of foolish of you, I guess.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, well, first of all, the the Browns against uh, the Steelers, the kind of start that the Browns had, that doesn't happen very often. Like, literally everything was going exactly how you would draw it up if you're a Browns fan, and that's not going to happen most games. Um, But that kind of, um, you know, early game onslaught of loss that they had against the Steelers almost, you know, was able to push them through through this game. Um, but I think I think they, they did well, but I think that there were things that they could have done better. I think, you know, that play I was talking about with Henny, it seemed like the defense had dropped back to try to basically guard the, the sticks for the first down. Um, and in which case, if you're – a lot of your players are, are back hanging around that, that first down marker – they should have been able to see that Henny was coming up. And as soon as he crossed that line of scrimmage, I was surprised that there wasn't anybody around him. And, it, you know, it, you I think you could have swallowed that more if you're a Browns fan, if your defense had come up to try to make the play and somehow just missed it, you know, at least they'd be in the picture. But there was nobody, like, even in the picture with Henny until he came up to try to put his body on the line to get that first down. And that was very surprising to me because we all know that Henny is not the athlete that Mahomes is. But you also have to know that the style of offense is not going to go away when you have Andy Reid. He's not that kind of coach. And right. that was evident when on the next play, on that uh, fourth down play, he threw the ball to uh, Hill in, in the flat there. So I think I think the Browns kind of, those two plays, uh, underestimated the aggressiveness of Andy Reid, and, the, mm-hmm. and I, I think that that's what bit them in that moment. Uh, but they did have chances earlier in the game, too. I mean, in every game that you play, whether you win or lose, there's always things that you could you could have done better. Uh, and in this game, the Browns just didn't quite make the plays at the end that they needed.
1: Yeah, so – not only did the Browns earn their first playoff appearance since like what, 2002, um they also picked up their first playoff win since 94 and their first playoff road win since 1969. That would be 50 years. Cuz I would know that. I'm 50. In 50 years, first playoff <laughs> road win for the for the Browns. Um they also had their first 10-game win season since 2007 and their best regular season record 11 and 5 since 94. So, I guess if you're a Browns fan right now, uh, th- this season was great, right? Considered all the other seasons.
2: Yeah, I think if you're a Browns fan, this game was basically the gravy on top of a good year. I mean, you have to think about the perspective of the fact that y- you haven't done anything <laughs> in decades, right? So, for the Kansas City Chiefs in, in the last, like, five, six years here, like, getting to this point in the playoffs is is normal, right? And that expectation is that that's the, the bare minimum considering the talent that the Chiefs have. And I, I think for the Browns fans, they're like, oh, my God, like, this is amazing. We never thought we would be able to get over this hump. And I think – so, now the Browns need to take that the next step, you know. So, sometimes – when you're talking about the, the building of a program, sometimes it happens in, in steps. Sometimes the first step is to kind of turn the ship around, rebuild the culture, get competitive. Then, you know, you want to try to get to the playoffs, and then you want to try to get further in the playoffs, and you kind of have to, like, push your way there. And so I think the Browns are going to be kind of that team that's more methodical in that in that aspect. So we're we're going to see, like, who – uh, they carry over into next season. Um, but I think as long as you have Chubb and Hunt in the backfield, you're sitting pretty good offensively oh, yeah. because I, I still think those those guys are both starters in the NFL, and they have them both on the same team. And, um, you know, I think Baker's, Baker's improved a bit. Um, he's still he's not on Mahomes' level. I don't know if he'll ever be on Mahomes' level, but I think – when they got that rushing game solidified this year, it takes a lot of pressure off of him and they can be a little bit more creative with him and uh, in a, in a uh, play action game as well. So I think, I think, I think the, the Browns are set up, you know, uh, to, you know, hopefully uh, push even further next year. They still have some spots that they can improve, but uh, we'll see how much of uh, the talent they can retain for next year and see what they add.
1: So, Holly, uh, this game was interesting because of all the dynamics, because we all anticipated that the Browns would go further. Um, But, you know, shout out to Callie Branson and uh, Coach Stefanski. Uh, They get OBJ next year, too. So if they can get him up with Landry, could be a different dynamic considering what they've done this year. And then the two beasts about backfield. So there's a lot of positives uh, in terms for Browns fans for for the next coming season.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I think um I think the passing game almost got a little better when OBJ went out, um, because it hit the ball distribution. It seemed like it evened out a little bit more. Um, but I, I've always had a lot of respect for Landry. I think he works really, really hard at uh and he's very precise in what in his movements and his routes. Um, so you're right, I do think uh, adding him back obviously is a key piece and um, we'll see what else they're able to add.
1: Yeah. And the one scary part about this game was um, when Mahomes went down. So, I mean, rumor rumor has it he was choked out or something happened to him. And then that within that play that would cause him obviously to kind of drop prematurely in there. Uh, Other people were speculating that maybe it was some sort of head trauma so I mean I'm pretty sure Chiefs fans are optimistic at this point that he'll play but uh going against Josh Allen it's going to be a kind of an obstacle if he's not 100%. I know the his backup quarterback, you know, obviously played pretty decent against the Browns, so if you're a Chiefs fan right now, uh your your right to the Super Bowl basically is in question.
2: Well, I think, you know, when I saw that play, I I know people were talking about it. I don't see that as a dirty play at all. Like, like the the intent of the tackle, I don't think, was to be dirty. Sometimes when you are going full speed and the other guy is going full speed, your momentum might carry you a certain direction, but there was nothing about that tackle that seemed um, malignant to me. I think what I saw, and it, um, again, you know, I don't know because I'm not a doctor and I didn't evaluate him, but it looked to me like he kind of hit his head forward on the ball as he was landing, so I could see it going either way. I could see him having some head trauma or the awkward angle of his neck could cause an issue. But the reason why I thought it was head trauma was his response when he tried to get up. He was wobbly wow. and then the camera focused on his eyes and he, he didn't look quite there. If it was simply a neck issue, you might feel like, wow, that feels really weird, but you wouldn't necessarily... Be not quite there. Um, that's just you know from my own personal experience of playing and and seeing some of those hits before. Um, but again, I'm not a doctor, so I didn't evaluate him. I would be very surprised if he's not playing. Um, but if he isn't, I mean, I think that does put you in a problem situation because of who you're playing, like the the Buffalo Bills right now offensively are putting up a lot of points and they're feeling very comfortable and i think i think if you have like a a healthy mahomes i think the chiefs can win that game i think they um have enough obviously firepower to overcome the offense for the bills but if you have a henny it's, I don't think you're you can get away with that in short bursts. But is Henny going to be able to produce on the same level? Are you going to be able to get a good thirty thirty five points out of Henny? That's that's a big question mark, especially yeah. considering um, that uh, Clyde uh, Edwards-Laird he was out this last game. I don't know if he'll return or not. Uh, you know so. Uh Daryl Williams had a good game uh running the ball and that was pretty much it for the Chiefs. So I don't know if they're gonna have enough firepower to make this interesting. They would have to rely more on that running game and that defense, which is not not kinda how they're built. So but you also know on the other hand that Andy Reid is not going to be conservative. So we'll see we'll see what happens. But I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you're like, "Oh, thank God, we we got out of that." And um, you know, we'll see if there it, who who's uh, suited up at quarterback. But uh, either way, it's going to be an interesting game.
1: Yeah, I think the, the dynamics are there where we're going to get a, a, a if we don't get them a Holmes versus Allen, the opportunity is there for the Bills to really uh, get the upset, right? Um, So there's no other team that's gone to three AFC title games. Or this is the third, right, third straight year for the Chiefs. But there's only two other teams in that regard. I think Andy Reid with the Philly uh, Eagles was the other. So it's going to be an interesting matchup between uh, the Bills coming in here, red hot, looking for the upset. I mean, Buffalo, the city of Buffalo is probably no different than the Browns last week. They are looking for that, you know, AFC title win and a Super Bowl berth. I mean that's just like they're on so much high right now and that's considering there's no fans in the stands. Imagine if there was fans in the stands in Buffalo right now. Uh between them, the fans in the stands, <laughs> oh my god. Um they would they would be it would be crazy in upstate New York.
2: Yeah. Um you know, I think um Buffalo and Cleveland are in you're right in a similar boat in that their fan bases are desperate for the success. I think the Bills have had, you know, definitely more success than the Browns the last, you know, a couple of decades here, but um, the the Bills are still really hungry to, to get there. I, I think you're right. I think if it uh, was, you know, pre COVID or, you know, hopefully eventually after COVID time that uh, uh, Buffalo would definitely be, you know, rocking um, during these playoff games. And so, I think, you know, the the win against the Ravens um you know, I feel I feel kind of bad for Lamar, you know, getting knocked out there, you know, um I think it was in the third quarter, but that uh, pick-six that he threw, I think completely opened the game up for the Bills. I think that the Ravens um defense kind of hung in there for a bit, you know, um they didn't give up a whole lot of big shots like the Bills were used to getting, and and I just I think uh, the lack of consistent passing game for the Ravens really really was exposed in that game.
1: All right, let's see if we can get uh, Win Dominie in here to kind of talk WFA. So I'm a dollar up here. Um, I know our phone lines having some difficulties. So we'll hi, you
3: here. reach Wendy. I'm unavailable. Please leave your name, number, to message, or text oh, me for a faster response. Thank you.
1: So let's see if she's on. So try to dial her right now quickly, see if she's on there at all. There. Oops. I got her number on there, so I'm assuming it's going to be on there. No, I don't know what's going on with our switchboard today. So this is kind of like weird switchboard. So let me see. I'll message her right now. All right. All right. So it should be on on that number that I just got. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out with the Bills really more favorites if Mahomes is not going to come through uh, at this point. So very interesting scenario for the uh, conference, AFC conference championship.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're a Bills fan and uh, Mahomes was not able to go, then you're definitely, uh, you know, salivating at at this game uh, because if you're a Bills fan, you know, you you won your game against the Ravens and then you're going to watch, you know, the Browns and the Chiefs game thinking, oh, God, we got to, you know, probably play the Chiefs. we got to play Mahomes. And are we going to have enough offense to, to – um, keep up and then you see Mahomes go down and you're like, oh, wow, you know, this changes everything. So I think the bills are kind of, if they're smart, they're going to prepare for both quarterbacks and they're going to understand that even if it is Henny, it's Andy Reed and he's not going to be conservative. Even if Andy Reed has to have a five reverse play to get it done, he's going to do it. Um, so I would, if I'm a bills person, if any is the quarterback i would be even more on alert for a crazy amount of uh creativity from Andy Reed so uh, it's going to be a fun matchup either way
1: though all right let's get uh win in here she's on um on the line now so sorry about the uh switchboard issues here but let's get her on when uh welcome how you doing today
3: hey there how's everybody
1: we're good we're having some like, switchboard issues but uh you know what it's 2021 we can only hope to get better at this point.
3: Hey, I'm here.
1: It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, when a lot of WFA news uh, in the last couple weeks, so I wanted to bring you on. Just kind of give our audience kind of the lowdown of what's happening with the WFA as we prepare for the 2021 season, two. And unfortunately, you know, uh, this week or yesterday and today, uh, we get the bad news of some um, athletes. And a coach that obviously has passed away. I know Coach David Irina uh, over from the Austin Outlaws uh, was also mm-hmm. uh, affected by COVID, and he passed away with his wife, uh, April. And then we also had uh, – Correct. You Dan have reached Washington.
2: the maximum time permitted for recording your message.
1: So um, you also had uh, Coach Zan Washington, uh, I mean uh, quarterback Zan Washington over in the from the um, Minnesota Machine veteran quarterback right
3: it's been it's been a rough couple of couple of days or should I say rough year I I, you know, I just said today this has just been insane to see all the all the death and you know sadness that's, that's been going on the last year it's been it's been rough
1: unfortunately you know uh, a lot of folks have been affected in one way or another because of either uh, critical health conditions or other and even those that are obviously in good standing and health also been affected. So it's, it's not, uh, as my neighbor would say, this virus isn't picking and choosing, it's just taken.
3: Absolutely correct. I mean, we're, and we're, we're still in the, in the thick of it, you know, um, Mm -hmm. this is, this has just been absolutely, um, unbelievable. And I, man, I'm, I'm just praying. I'm praying so hard that this vaccine is going to be, it's going to be everything they say it is and, and help, you know, help the people in all across the world.
1: So. Yeah. I hope that that's the case because we're starting to roll out some stuff like in my state, getting ready to roll out and things like that. So uh, hopefully we'll get to that, but, you know, condolences to the family of uh, David Arenas over at the Austin Outlaws and the team there, as well as Zan Washington at the Minnesota machine. So uh, prayers and condolences to their families. And you got the notice there at the WFA site as well. And you got the notice there at the hub. So if you didn't know about it, uh, you needed to go to the hub where everybody should be at the hub and you would have figured that out already. So, uh, you know, condolences to the both teams plus their family members as well. All right. Uh, when we got noticed, uh, the Queens football league out of the Netherlands, I've been talking about them for like two years. And uh, here you are uh, hooking up with them, which they're a growing brand in the Netherlands. Um, they're, you know, they're, I think, a six-team, six almost eight-team league now. And, and they started from ground up. And uh, I think it's Kenesha, um started, the, you know, the brand there. Um, so, you know, when you produ- uh, introduced the international uh, support and growth, uh, it was kind of not surprising to see them first, in other words.
3: Oh yeah. This is going to be, this is going to be absolutely epic. I mean, what else can I say about it? You know, I mean, you've got two, two leagues, um, you know, full of women who want to advance the sport and want to play some football. And um, you know, they've, they've grown tremendously over the last few years um, you know, since 2017 and they are super stoked, super excited to, you know, not only host, you know, teams from, from the U S you know, over in the Netherlands, but to have their players come here too. So it, it's going to be, it's going to be epic.
1: That's for sure. How do you make, how did you make that happen? When it's conversation, is it uh social media or did they reach out to you or? I,
3: I wish I could take credit for this one. Um, but this has been a baby of Jeff, Jeff King um he has been working on this tirelessly you know he played football overseas so this mm-hmm. you know was an easy easy uh deal for him you know to come up with and he's been working with them talking with them um and and you know making this his baby so um we're all really excited for it to kick off and to see what we can do i'm excited to go to the netherlands that's for sure
1: yeah it's really exciting i mean especially with uh, you got team united at some of the events that are happening there too. So it's kind of interesting to, to see if you'll even get to that level where we get team United over in Europe at this point. Cause I know we got them all over the North American swing.
3: Um, bank on that. You you will definitely oh, yeah. see us in Europe. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so the initiatives that you just, uh, that you brought up, some of the things that are obviously being partnered um, we got more coaches tools. Can you speak to the, the information that you guys put out in terms of, you know, uh, support for the sport in general as being one of the biggest brands on the planet in terms of the sport? Oh, gosh.
3: Um, well, I, I, you know, we've spent this, this 2020 COVID season on really working on partnerships, working on um, training, you know, coaches, staff, and all the way down to players. Um, we've got some really cool things that are about to be announced. I almost wish you would have had me on next week <laughs> um, so we could talk about them because they're, they're going to be really cool. Um, a, lot of, a lot of great people that have been coming on board, you know, we partnered with She Is, um, and, and that's huge. They, they work with the WNBA, the women's hockey, um, you know, any, any women's sport on a professional level they're involved with. So, um, you know, we just partnered with them. Um, We, you know, have 11 Sports um, where we've got the big TV deal with them where we're actually going to be on television, on direct TV. Um, And we have a WFA show that will be on um, 11 Sports Weekly. Um, We enlisted Emory Hunt um, with CBS Sports who, uh, along with Brian Sweeney, they're going to be, you know, heading up that weekly show, um, a pregame show where they'll talk about the game of the week. They'll interview players. They're going to give you the lowdown on every single game that will be occurring in WFA that week um, with information. So that's really cool. Um, also, being able to offer teams the opportunity just in case you never know where COVID is going to take us this year. And God forbid, if fans can't be in the stands, you know, that's where teams, you know, recover some money. And, you know, with this TV show that we're going to be doing and with us being aired on national television, we will be able to sell sponsorship spots and commercials and put that money back in the pockets of the teams, which is brand new to the WFA and to women's football. So that's right. What, I'm, we're I'm really being selective
1: in that. terms of, uh, of, of who we're spotlighting week to week are we being selective like Boston or DC or yes you know uh, yes. California these Moore. are these
3: are yeah these are games of the week that you know people are people are itching to see these are going okay. to be you know highly competitive games um you know upper level games um and and they will be full of excitement hard hitting football that's for sure
1: yeah cuz i'm thinking um, you know if you put on on a national stage uh it's really good to have you know, competitive football, because then at that point, it it brings it more credibility. And then at the same time, you grow the audience more, because if it's, like you said, very competitive, people will will tune in weekly.
3: Absolutely, we want to put our best product out there, you know, we want to put teams out there that, you know, people are going to be wowed by, um, impressed that this is this is real football, this is legitimate football that they're seeing on television that women are playing. Um, and that's important, you know, um, because not only do we want to just say, hey, women's football is out there, but we want to make sure that the product is, you know, is on par with everything else, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, how How is it going with the, with the season at this point? When last time we talked, there's still, you know, state-by-state guidelines and things like that. So is it is it more like the NFL, where you're going to be assessing week-to-week with whether teams can play in certain states at this point, if you, if, if you have a season, in other words, because I know uh, every state has different guidelines or COVID guidelines. There's general guidelines, but then there's also, you know, different ones by county and by state, in other words.
3: Oh, heck, yeah. There's, you know, there's, there's certain teams that are wide open to play. I mean, you look at Vegas and, you know, they're good to go, right? Um, mm-hmm. Whereas if you looked at my team here, we're not allowed to have more than 10 people um, from one household, so, you know, it, it definitely varies and we're having to play that by ear. Um, we're we're pretty blessed with a, a an amazing medical director, um, Dr. Mia Ben. So she is able to assess things and give us, you know, a medical opinion, you know, on top of the C D C and other state guidelines. Um, but we'll be reassessing that. We the board meets, you know, every couple of weeks to discuss what's going on, the trends of what's happening and um you know, what's happening on the East coast versus the West coast, et cetera. So we're just going to keep, you know, reevaluating where things stand and and go from there. But as of right now, we're set to start
1: on May 1st. All right. Um. And, and this is important because we, uh, we have witnessed, you know, the Texas swing have a season. We have witnessed uh, different States uh, in terms of other factors like flag tournaments and things like that. So, it can be, it it is doable, in other words, but it has to be very, uh, you know, very uh, strict to protocols. So I think every every owner Absolutely. and probably every organization is going to have that, you know, high alert on it.
3: Oh, for sure. You know, we've got a we've got a full um, COVID training that's about to roll out for our you know our owners and our players. Um, so we're really we're doing the best that we can. Um, to make sure that everybody is educated and following, you know, the strict guidelines so that we can play. Um, you know, if people are out there and not, you know, hosting a tryout, nobody's wearing masks, et cetera, we've got a problem, and that's going to prevent us from starting May 1st or possibly from having a season. So it's important that we educate our players and our staff.
1: All right. Let me bring in the Hall of Famer here to pick your brain on all this news that you guys just put out.
2: Hey, how's it going, Lance? Hey, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, very exciting stuff uh, for uh, the WFA this year. I think uh, the international program is a, a really smart idea, you know, considering I think that the sport is growing leaps and bounds on the international stage. So that only makes sense to, to make those connections. So that should be really exciting. Um, I, I know that this last year has been hard on everyone. Um what do you think you um and the league in general um have learned from 2020 and how do you think you going apply play that for this coming year?
3: Oh goodness. Um I would have to say that it has been even though it, it's been horrible, you know, COVID and 2020 um It actually was really nice to have a lot of extra time to work on things that, um, you know, sometimes may get set to the side and say, hey, you know, when I've got a little more time, I'm going to work on this. You know, Um, we were able to dig in deeper and, um, you know, talk about things and um, pass around ideas amongst each other, whether it's the board or owners. And to come up with some solutions and and come up with some programs and some new partnerships and stuff like that that, you know, normally you don't have all that time to do. And it's crucial. Holy cow. You know, we, we think about it, you know, saying, okay, I'll do that tomorrow, and then it doesn't get done. Well, when you have time to do all that stuff and you realize when you actually do it and it all is coming together, it makes a lot of sense. So I would say, you know, I really learned to, to stop and to make things happen instead of pushing them off.
2: That makes, that makes total sense. And I think um, that's a really important thing, you know, I think for women's football as a whole because we were given the opportunity to pause and then then it's up to us to, uh, on what that looks like and how we use that pause. So that's really great that you guys are able to do that. Um, I know you were going over some of the uh, the COVID uh, protocols that you guys will have. Um, I know also that individual teams and people um, are excited, you know, to get going here. How do you feel like the morale is for the teams that uh, are in the league and the people that are involved?
3: I think. Have you ever Have you ever seen the Kentucky Derby and the horse? Yes walks up and it gets in that little stall and it's right before you know the gun goes off and you know they're they're in there they're moving their heads around they're twitching they're ready to go I feel like that's how players right. are I I feel like players have all approached that gate and it's like all right it's time open the doors let's go it's time to to play football um so I think everybody is kind of getting to that point where you know, they feel a shift. They feel the change coming on where things might be opening a little bit more and um, everybody's got that itch. They're ready to go. So if people yeah, haven't I mean, started working out, people haven't started, you know, doing ladders, they haven't started, you know, buckling down, they better better start now or they're going
2: to be behind. <laughs> yeah, I totally, totally get that. Um, you know, speaking of, of working out, I think – depending on what state you live in, there's different levels of restrictions. Like I'm in Washington and the gyms have been pretty close since like March. Um, What is the most creative activity that you have heard of people trying to stay in shape?
3: (laughs) Um, Gosh, I know one of my players posted a, a, a picture with a broomstick and two of those big, those big, uh, what are they, 10-gallon paint buckets? You know what I'm talking about, the giant paint buckets? (laughs) Yes. So hanging paint buckets off the broomstick, you know, and doing squats and stuff, you know, getting as creative (laughs) as possible in their house or benching their kids, you know? I mean, people have done some pretty crazy stuff, and I love it. I think it's amazing. I mean, I could care less if players are out there painting their house. At least they're getting something, some exercise. Something's going on.
2: You know what I mean? Oh yeah, de- definitely. I think uh, fifteen, twenty years from now, we're going to all be telling our uh, kids, and you know, in some cases, grandkids, and, and say, "Well, back in my day, I had to, I had to lift a broomstick with, with paint cans, and 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 you have it easy." And then you know, we're going to have the stories <laughs> to look back on and. Um, So, you know, in in one hand, it it could be, you know, frustrating that you can't uh, uh, have access to certain things or do certain things that you could do before, but I think it almost makes it so that you're going to appreciate it going forward. I know that uh, I went to, you know, a a tryout for for my team, uh, you know, this uh, last fall here, and just being around people, even if it was in a weird situation where you have to wear masks and like stay apart and, and you know, observe the restrictions, even in that weird moment, you're just like, oh, I really miss this. So I think once we're able to get to a point where we can focus more on the, on the football and, and less about the restrictions, I think we'll hopefully look back and be able to appreciate it more. And so I'm glad to hear that uh, everyone's uh, hanging in there and, and ready to go. And, uh, my final question would be who is your Super Bowl pick? <laughs> um,
3: I'm going to have to go with the bills. Um, this is, I'm a diehard Bronco fan. Um, but one of my, one of my next teams is a bill. My partner is, is from the Buffalo area. Um, so they run pretty deep in my house and, you know, it's time. Um, Not only that, but what now I hope I'm not going to offend anybody, but, you know, they they've really they've really done a lot, whether it's on the football field or off the field. They are a feel good team right now. They are doing all the right things, whether it's, you know, donating to, you know, Lamar Jackson or whomever, you know, they're I feel like they're they're the team right now. They're America's team right now. That's what I feel like.
2: I do think, so, let's uh, you know, go for, the pe- <laughs> for the people out there that don't know, um, because Lamar got, uh, you know, knocked out, I think, in the third quarter there, some of the Bills fans found his, uh, I think it was a favorite charity or foundation involved with him, and they uh, donated $8 a pop um, in honor of him. So I do think that was very classy. Um, so you're right on that. I think that was awesome uh but uh thank you for the the information i'm excited to see what this year brings and hopefully we can all get to the point where we can just get back to football
3: man wouldn't that be something
2: yes where the the funny. activities and the frustrations of the day are, are as limited <laughs> as the football field
3: heck yeah man i i can't wait to i can't wait for saturdays oh can't wait. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it would be nice to have a full season. And, you know, hopefully that's the case. Cross our fingers and everything. um uh, When uh we got to talk about co- uh, Coach Lori Locust, too, moving on to oh. the conference championship. Out of the eight women in the divisional round, Callie's gone. Jen King's gone, right? You just chip them off at this point. But she and that defense in Tampa, man, they're, they're going to be something special. And Aaron Rodgers going to get the first-hand look
3: you know i i'm i i well i'm so torn i love low she is a phenomenal coach one of the most humble um amazing coaches you know that i've met um i am you, you know i i'm a bronco fan you know that so brady is not in my um my good graces but <laughs> I got you know I got a pull for her just because of who she is and what she's done, um, but yeah, we go
1: defense. To w- w- cool. WFA alumni support here. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I'm not a fan of the, yeah. of the Packers I, I because my Rams got beat by the Packers. So there's no there's no love lost for the Packers here, as Mackenzie would say. We're <laughs> we're cheese haters. <laughs> we're cheese oh. haters no matter what. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I hear you. No, I'll be I'll be I'll be definitely pulling for her.
1: Yeah, we got to go, with Coach Lowe. Coach Lowe, just kick it in gear and get us the win. That would be historic for the the WFA in general. We had Katie Sowers, you know, at a Super Bowl, and then we would have Lori Locus at a Super Bowl if uh, Tampa Bay can get through. And she's got TB12, so there's a high percentage that, that they will win.
3: Wouldn't that be amazing?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that really says something. that really
3: says something. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Me too. Right. Me too. Back to back years.
3: And she, she's she's so humble hours when you talk to her about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like I'm just like I'm so giddy at the fact that we have uh, WFA alumni at the biggest stage, and now we're gonna have it at the Super Bowl too in a back to back years. That's like, you know, if you want, if you want to go ES- ESPN stats, you can just throw that one in there. <laughs> throw that one in oh, there, yeah. right there. that's
3: that's definitely a good one. Well, yeah, that, that's a good that, one that right graphic there. they did with the the six female coaches,
1: mm-hmm. that
3: graphic that was that was pretty amazing to see
1: that. Yeah, and so I'm like, I'm on the uh, Tampa Bay bandwagon right now because of uh, Coach Locus. so I'm not going to sway from that. So, um, uh, when this she is collective, this is a brand new organization started back in 2018. So, at this point it's kind of bonding women's sports, right? It's more of a directive organization for a representation for women's sports. It's not like just a regular organization where it supports sports, but focusing on on women's sports. And we're talking the WNBA, uh, WWE, uh, you know, uh, female stars, uh, U.S. Tennis Association, Canadian Football League in general, uh, National Women's Soccer League, uh, uh, you know, the LPGA, and others. Um, This really, I think, makes you guys stand out. That's what I'm trying. My point is makes you guys as a brand stand out from all the other uh, league brands, and so I, I really applaud you, Lisa and her hus- her husband and everybody on the board, um, you know, working with this organization. Um, and I think this is going to be a huge, uh, you know, step forward for visibility purposes.
3: Absolutely, we we are so excited to get to work with them, and um, you know, really put our heads together and you know, makes the magic happen.
1: I mean, I'm really excited great. about that. When you, when you guys brought that news out, um, it was really, really, uh, I wouldn't say shocking, but at the same time, it was like, okay, uh, uh, that you are hooking up with, you know, organizations of high caliber women's sports. And so uh, in the U.S. alone. So that really makes, you know, uh, WWE is huge. You know, WNBA is huge. So there's just, I think they're just the two, you know, the, the flag bearers of the she is collective. So to be included with them, that's, that's a huge moment.
3: Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm definitely excited. Um, You know, Brenda with, with the she is has been absolutely amazing in welcoming us and, um, you know, really putting, putting some projects together for us to work together. Um, I think you'll be very excited to see what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, and marketing in general was one of the things that we talked about, you know, since I've been following the sport, um, we've been able to, you know, do a lot of other things together. But at the same time, uh, I think the moment now, because of social media presence and different types of social media presence, I think the marketing level has to be elevated. Um, giving yourselves, as you said, with 11 sports, um, fans are going to be able to dive into certain players um, that we can actually, you know, put a team and a face to, and organizations that the fans will be enlightened about. You know, like Boston, D.C., uh, Cali War, um, and different organizations in, in in terms of your brand at the at the Division One level, Tier One level. I, I really just it speaks volumes for the fact that we, as you know, fans of the sport, we know what credibility and everything works in terms of the organizations. It's gonna be nice to see the general media, in other words, uh, kind of reflect on that and go, oh, whoa, there, there's you know, high caliber. Uh, football in Boston as an example.
3: For sure, and to to break that down for people and to to be able to hear from players themselves, to get to know players and, you know, how they think and and how they feel and, you know, what their thoughts are are on the game and so forth, you know, you you don't ever get to experience that as as fans at the games and the stands. So this is going to take it to a whole nother level.
1: I'm really happy for uh, Emory Hunt, Uh, Brian Sweeney, And, uh, I mean, I think they'll do a great job. I mean, Emery had been doing a great job even before CBS Sports uh, with his own brand, you know, football game plan. Mm -hmm. So it's really exciting to have him on board again and on a bigger stage. And then Brian's always, uh, you know, an amazing uh, announcer. uh, Really, really awesome. And, uh, you know, he's obviously done a great job over his career. So I think he will do a great job here as well and give, you know, the WFA brand uh, the recognition it deserves.
3: Thank you. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that's, that's exactly what happens. Brian, Brian knows our players and our teams very well, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, and then Emory brings in a whole nother level, you know, of reporting. So I think this is going to be a great pair between the two of them. I think they'll do great for us.
1: All right. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm excited for whatever news you're bringing out because it seems like every week you're bringing something new or you're posting something new. So uh, I'm just like everybody else, everybody, always sends me messages do you know about this and i always have to say she didn't she didn't give me heads up first so that's what you want to know so i'm just finding out <laughs> exactly like you're doing because uh, a lot of people think i'm just in the know or something but i'm not i'm just like a, a no no different than everybody else so you know when news breaks it breaks off the site and we just share it uh but uh, it's great to you know great to have that as a backing but at the same time you know like i tell them it's like we don't you know, we're not, like, internally hooked up to the point where, like, we're getting insider information, in other words. Well,
3: I'll tell you this. You know, you can always call me or message me. I'll hook you up.
1: All right. That'll be fair. That'll be fair. We got plenty of downtime right now, so
3: <laughs> it should be good.
1: <laughs> oh, my We God. seem to um, do
3: some good late-night chats, so anytime.
1: Yes, yes. Um, unfortunately, you know, uh, this whole thing is – put you either in two positions or either enough, enough time to brainstorm things that you would never gotten done or at the point where you get so lazy that you forget that they do things that you should have done. (laughs) It's like two options.
3: That's when you better have a notepad and writing something down all the time. (laughs) I feel like I, I feel like I walk with sticky notes everywhere.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm a posted lover too. So I'm, I'm with you right there. Um, all right when, so uh, I guess we're going to wait for this new notice or new announcement so, uh, if you want to come in next week, let me know and we'll we'll chime you in to give you the you know the form if that's the case but uh, I'm really excited for uh, you know what you guys have done, Lisa and company and yourself and all the all the teams and I think uh, this is a huge news in terms of the brand elevating the brand to eleven sports is huge uh, you know being with the uh, she is collective uh, branching out and supporting women's tackle football on an international scope with the Queens football league. Um, So a lot of things happening in the last 10 days that you just, you just got blown our mind.
3: Well, that's a, that's a good thing, Oscar. I don't want you bored.
1: No, I'm not bored, (laughs) but uh,
3: we got to keep pushing. We have so much more to do so much more to do and we just got to keep pushing. So I hope to keep giving you things to talk about.
1: Yeah, we're excited. I mean, uh, we're excited for you guys. We're also excited for the sport. We're excited for the athletes. Uh, Ultimately excited for the owners, you know, because the owners are the ones that are obviously uh, feeling the crunch right now, especially with, you know, all this COVID restrictions and everything else. So, you know, shout out to the owners for trying to stay at bay. And then uh, shout out to the athletes for staying motivated.
3: Yeah, we, I mean, it's, I can't thank the players enough for hanging in there and doing what they need to do to stay safe and to stay in shape and and all of that stuff. Same thing with owners. I mean, I'm an owner too. I mean, I freaked out when, when COVID hit, it's, it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, what, what am I going to do? I've got stadiums lined up. We've got tickets sold. You know, there's a lot that goes into, you know, having a team. It's not just, Oh, I have a football team. You know, if you're doing Mm -hmm. it right, there's a lot of work that has to go into it to put the right product out there. And I'm sure it was extremely scary for a lot of owners. Um, but hopefully, you know, we've we've made that a little easier on them and easing a lot of the the requirements and, and, and money and all that good stuff. So, you know, hopefully we can move on to 2021 and have a killer season and put a great product out there for everybody to enjoy.
1: Okay, we're all anticipating you guys on 11 Sports. Uh, I got a lot of messages on my uh, Facebook page that says, you know, the – people cannot wait to see you guys on 11 sports um, and uh, the preview uh, game and everything else. So um, let's, let's hope across our fingers, that's going to be the case. So when always a pleasure talking to you, always uh, grateful for you making the time to come on to the podcast and giving our audience the lowdown on the WFA. So we're looking forward to more news and obviously the, the launch and start of the 2021 season.
3: Hey, thank you so much for having me on. You know, I, I love coming on here and talking shop with you guys. It's it's always amazing, so I appreciate it. And hey, Holly, I wish you best the best on your season too.
2: Thank you. Uh, best of luck to you guys too. Thank you very much.
1: And I will talk All to you everyone. guys Have soon. a great night. Have a good night. Thank Enjoy you. it. Stay safe, please. Y'all
3: too. Thanks.
1: All right, Holly, there you go. Uh Dominie. uh kind of like the voice of the WFA and who better to have the lowdown than her and I'm I'm grateful that she makes the time for us to give us the breakdown in terms of what's happening with the Women's Football Alliance and all the endeavors and new uh partnerships that they're making. So, um yeah, they've they've, they've done a great job in the last uh, 24 months and including this whole 2020 and I mean, it's a credit to them and and hopefully this we'll get to see the, you know, the laboring uh, as when the season launches,
2: yeah, definitely. I mean, it's amazing to think how far the sport has come even since I started playing. Um, and then it's just growing exponentially year over year, and especially the last couple of years here. So uh, exciting stuff, and I can't uh, wait to see what happens this year. And I think. I think once we're able to all get back on the field, you know, I, I think uh, we're going to see a lot of uh, growth there as well.
1: I think so too. I think it's going to be really exciting. Um, you know, Emory's really good. Uh, Brian's really good. Uh, Alex Wolfstadt's also really good. So, um, you know, it'll give a different dynamic to the league. It'll give it a credibility and being part of the collective is huge because it's, you know, involved with the pro the other pro sports. So it, it can only be better with collaboration. So, um, if you guys missed the previous podcast, you can go to episode three, three, uh, 330, and uh, you can catch her there on the latest news prior to this podcast. So check it out. We're keeping tabs on the WFA as we do always with women's tackle football. So don't miss it out. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. Thanks for subscribing, everybody. I appreciate it. You can always uh, listen to us here on the flagship at Block Talk Radio. Don't forget, you guys, monkeynightfight.com, NBA action every day. NFL is finishing up here, plus MMA and other sports. So go there to monkeynightfight.com, use the code NJF, and get started today. Check it out. Uh, and more or less is what I play, so it's pretty awesome. So check it out, monkeynightfight.com, use code NJF. All right, Holly, let's uh, let's dive in before you get out of here. Um, Ravens, Bills, as um, Wynn was talking about here, uh bills kind of set up already um lamar jackson unfortunately uh same situation as literally almost as Mahomes had to leave the game um so i don't know if that hindered the the ravens uh, which i think it did because it was a one-man show without him so without him it literally just made the bills uh i guess the win for the bills a little easier
2: (laughs) yeah you know like we were talking about earlier i think the ravens defense did a pretty decent job. I mean, considering how uh, you know, many points that the Bills were putting up in the previous weeks, holding them to seventeen and seven of that was off the six six is a really good accomplishment for that Ravens defense. Uh the problem is that even before Lamar went down, they just they don't have a consistent enough passing game and that's been the biggest knock on them is that they can win when they are ahead or, you know, in a close game. But if they are in a position where they're trying to keep up with a high-powered offense like the Bills or they're coming from behind, they're just not built to do that. They don't have the the guys to do that consistently. And, um, you know, they um, are, are trying to, to have it uh, so that their offense is built as a, a run offense, which is totally – okay and you can do that but in the NFL that will like you have to your your number one strength will only take you so far you have to have a counter for when a team that is as good as you or even better than you takes that away or makes it harder for you to get that and I feel like the regions haven't quite figured out that counter and so I think in the off season i'm interested to see um if they make any uh changes personnel wise if they change the scheme up a little bit but i think it's evident right now the ravens they have they have a decent defense you know they have um uh, you know they're the built they're built to run the ball but if they want to take that next step and they they want to uh, you know get to the uh, AFC championships and, and be pushing for, for a title, they need to solve that passing game. Um, so uh, I think uh, that's really kind of what bit them in the end. And then when Lamar went down, it was just, it was pretty much life out, uh, but a uh, good win for the bills. And we'll see if they're able to carry it forward.
1: All right, Holly, my Rams, defensively a little hindered because uh Aaron Donald was not a hundred percent uh they got exposed in the secondary by Rodgers. uh just left too many too many wide open plays and the man to mans were just they were tearing them up so I mean that I think was the key I mean I was cringing I was like oh my god and this is not going to happen and at the same time I was cringing that the offense was not going to just you know crap out so the offense played pretty decent uh, it just means the secondary, I mean, Darren Rodgers decided to expose the secondary, and that was including with Ramsey, too, because we all had high hopes coming in that they were going to be able to contain and and do that, but they did not.
2: Yeah, you had a couple of different things happening. I think having Darnold not quite 100% really did make a difference because I think Rodgers and this uh, Green Bay offense, they're – Keeley Field the last couple of years is facing a good defensive line. And um, they're going to face, you know, a team next week. And, and the Bucks that already um, showed that they have a defensive line they can get to Rodgers. In this case, I think Green Bay really took a page from how the Niners attacked the Rams and that mm-hmm. they, they ran the ball away from, him, for, away from Darnold. They're they like where's that guy? Okay, we're gonna run the other way. And then even when he wasn't in there, that makes it a lot easier. And the fact that they they are normally a team that wants to pass a lot more, and they were able to get so much success on the ground, I think they they took a they took a look at what you know team put the Niners did against the Rams, and and that's what their game plan was, and that in this case worked. I think the Rams, their strength is, you know, obviously Darnold, and their secondary is usually pretty strong. But in this case, it makes it more difficult when your run game is going. Um, And so I think uh, Green Bay was able to have a lot of success with that game plan. On the other side of the ball, you know, I think the Rams – they weren't terrible, but they didn't need, They didn't get a whole lot of um, – it's supposed to downfield that I think they kind of really should have gotten. I honestly feel like they should have said acres more. They were getting success with them. Um, but at, at the end of the day, you know, Rams uh, just didn't have a, enough. And I think the, the key really was the ability for Green Bay to run. Uh, on that defense, and that kind of set the tone for everything. So, um, you know, sorry about your Rams. I was rooting for you guys, but it just wasn't I a know. Day. It was
1: like, once I figured out that the, a third quarter lay there and they just kind of, you know, we were getting a little closer, and then all of a sudden that he started just exposing us, and I was like, okay, we're done. I just, like, not going to happen. And McVay not making much of adjustments in terms of what he normally does. I think offensively we played pretty decent defensively. I, I think we just got exposed, like you said, with, you know, with the Packers um, TB 12 against breeze. Do you feel like the Saints fans are like, my God, he just gave the, he gave the uh, the game away because three interceptions didn't play his best performance. Uh looks like he's going to retire. I don't know.
2: I, I think there's a couple of things happening. I think, Anybody that's watched Drew Brees the last two seasons cannot, you can't be surprised. And, and I, I, I really thought that this was going to be an issue going into the game because mm-hmm. they've kind of been able to hide his, uh, you know, Noodle loss arm. of, arm. Uh, yeah, they, okay. they, they've been able to hide it because they'll throw in uh, Taysom Hill, and sure. and the fact that they had that one uh, trick play and they threw Winston in that tells you all you need to know because Winston was not the taste Hill guy. He's not the gadget guy, but they know Drew Brees can't throw it very far. So they threw in Winston (laughs) and he throws the ball like 50 yards there air uh, for one play and then comes out. That's his day right there. Right. So I, I think honestly, this is, this has been a long time coming. And I think for me, you know, Drew Brees was never really a cannon arm guy. But I, I noticed it the last couple of years and I was saying it earlier this year, especially his accuracy in the intermittent intermediate game, that went down as well. And so that was a that was a key problem because a lot of his passes early this year when they weren't playing very good, it was a lot of dump off, dump off, dump off, short flat route, <laughs> short flat route. And he was he was producing, but I was like, There's something off. Because he used to be able to throw it, you know, he used to be able to throw a post pretty accurately or something in the intermediate game that wasn't necessarily 50 yards down the field, but was a good 15, 20 yards down the field. And that seemed to be gone. And yeah, you had the gadget guy in Jason Hill that you could throw in there, but I really think they were using that to kind of cover uh, some of um, his loss uh, in arm strength. And so that got exposed in this game. And I knew that that was going to be a problem. And I don't think actually that Brady or Brees played particularly well. I think Brady just did a little bit more. Um, and I really think that, um, you know, Tampa it, line again was really good with for
1: Brady, I think he had really yes. good support there. Uh, the run game was was somewhat working, but the passing game was there. Camara uh, did get stopped with the Tampa Bay. So they shut him down, and then they, they made uh, New Orleans be one-dimensional. Like you said, it, Breeze is not what he used to be. So it was kind of like no, no throws to Thomas. He didn't really, you know, had anything to you – know, Thomas was in, I think, not even one catch, if I'm correct. I don't even think he had a catch.
2: But there's something off. There's so, Like, I don't know what it is, but there's something off between Breeze and Thomas. I don't know if it's that – just breeze has you know it, it's his um decline they're, they're, that's part of it but there's something off about thomas thomas was dominating last year and i know he said some injuries he's been in out of the lineup and i understand that that's probably part of it but this is the biggest game of the year and your quarterback's struggling and this is i think the best you know receiver on the field and he has no catches there's something wrong there so I don't know he what catch he could drop, promise.
1: Four drop catches yeah. that were thrown to him. So he was literally off his there's, game, completely off his game.
2: There there's something he's had like a terrible year. So I,
1: I don't I'm hoping that
2: whatever's bothering him, whether it be physical or like mental, I hope he's able to reconcile that in the off season and, and come back stronger. Because I think if you are a Saints fan, that's really disappointing to have a guy that you thought was like your, your young, like stud receiver, that's going to just destroy everyone for years to come. And he just was not, he is not produced this year. And uh, so hopefully he's able to, to come back next year, but so at long and the short of it, you had a lot of issues on the offensive side and then, you know, Tampa Bay again, you know, good things happen when you run the ball with Brady. And so Hopefully they're able to take that um, into next week uh, against the Packers. I think if Tampa Bay, if they try to get in a, um, you know, a shootout with Green Bay, I don't know if that will work out so well. They need to establish that run. And so in this game, I think, they were trying to do that early and uh, it wasn't doing like, you know, amazing, but eventually that, that run game was able to get going a bit and that actually helped uh, the passing game a lot too. So, um, you know, really good win for Tampa Bay. And I think for the Saints, this is the, you know, end of an era with uh, Drew Brees. I mean, any, football person could see at the end of the game that that if it's not it, then like, I don't know what it would be. You know, you got the the wave to the stands and to look back in the tunnel. And, and uh, so I think this is the end of an era for the Saints and we'll, we'll see what their identity is going forward the next year.
1: Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think that he's going to be retired at this point. Um, Holly, before you go, uh, Urban Meyer gets gets uh, hired by the Jacksonville Jaguars, but a lot of folks are saying that they didn't even follow the Rooney rule. So it's really a chew-in. So it's sort of like uh, that's been happening a lot with other teams as well. So it's kind of, I guess, in a way disturbing, but at the same time it is the NFL, and whether he succeeds or not, it's really going to be a case because most college coaches have failed.
2: Yeah, I think – Urban Meyer is that guy who, when you're just talking about him on the surface, he's been successful wherever he's gone. And he's he's kind of had a nice career in that he's been able to kind of pick and choose wherever he wants to go. Um, and he's jumped around a little bit. I, I I think this is a definite huge opportunity for him. Um, it's going to be a big question mark, like you said, um, you know, like i don't know about the interview process if they were if they followed the rule or not but i i think there there is a big discussion to have about uh this uh you know hiring cycle the lack of diversity that's been in there um that's a huge topic i think for uh, conversation um but as far as the hire itself i think the jury's going to be out it's a different game. Um, there are people that are able to make that jump successfully. I think where the jump becomes harsh for college coaches is if you were a guy like Urban Meyer that is so successful on the college stage that it's hard for you to transition to the NFL because you were so used to having control over everything. And so sometimes guys that are really good at the college level one of the reasons they're really good is because they have a real solid control over the operational uh, side of things, sense. the recruiting and the back end part. And in the NFL, you don't always get that control. Sometimes it's somebody else making the personnel decisions and you have to work with that. And so that I think is sometimes a struggle for some, for some of these um, high power college coaches. I think the guys who are able to make the transition more are the guys that, you know, were successful at college, but they didn't have so much hype that their personality walked in the door before they did, and they therefore were a little bit more humble coming into the NFL experience. I think that is usually a better transition. So this is going to be a good experiment because Urban Meyer is definitely that guy that has the personality that walks through the room before him. Is he going to be able to transition into a world where he doesn't have complete control? Is he going to be humble enough to kind of adjust um, his uh, uh, scheme and tactics and how he, um, you know, attacks the, the game in the NFL? That's going to be left to be said. We also have no idea. We're assuming he's going to pick, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence. And that might be a good fit for Trevor because, you know, it's a college coach and you might, be able to uh, connect with him in that way, but um, it's going to be a huge question mark.
1: I agree with that. I think uh, the assessment's uh, spot on because the struggle will be whether he elevates the Jaguars to another level based on, like you said, his comfort zone. If he doesn't have a comfort zone, more than likely he's going to be like Saban where he ended up failing in Miami. So there's intangibles there with, you know, where you have control and now you have to work within a, a system and a general manager or or scouting department and all that other stuff. So it's a lot more intricate in terms of the NFL scope of it. All right, Holly, thanks for coming in. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to next week. Um, so uh, you're going to pick uh, – you're taking who for before you leave? Are you taking the Packers at this point over TB12, or are you taking TB12 over the Packers?
2: I'm taking uh, TB12 over the Packers, and I'm taking the – Oh, the Chiefs game is going to be hard. If, if Mahomes is playing, <laughs> I'm taking the Chiefs. If he if he's not playing, then I would take the Bills. Um, but I think that's most of the country. So <laughs> we'll see we'll see what happens.
1: For sure, I think everybody's kind of torn in that aspect of it, especially uh, if we don't get to see uh, Pat Mahomes. So, all right, Holly, thank you for coming in. I really appreciate it. As always, uh, we'll we'll ch- chime in next week and see what happens. All right, thank you. All right, guys, that was uh, Utah Falcons all-star and uh, Hall of Famer Holly Custis breaking it down for us in terms of the uh, NFL Divisional Round and kind of getting a preview here. We should have Mackenzie Brooks here in a couple minutes, so we'll dive into the conference championship matches and what that can entitle with. And then we're also going to have Nate Ward coming in here in in about 20-something minutes here, and we're going to dive into everything that's happening in the women's game including Australia and over in Texas and everything that is at the hub as well. So it's an exciting time for us to cover everything in terms of NFL. And then it's going to be almost to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I thought for sure my Rams are going to kind of pull it off and make a, make a real legit shot of it, which they did. They just did not have enough. And uh, the Packers did obviously do a lot more to get the win uh bills i think is uh to win's point here uh when dominey we had the interview with for the lowdown with the wfa i think her point is correct i think the bills are the better squad um to holly's point here if mahomes does not play i think you have to go with josh allen and company uh it's going to be a pretty interesting matchup in, in, on both sides kansas city really uh looking to get over the hump at this point andrew reed i don't think wants to lose one step to the Super Bowl um Bills Mafia totally excited to get to the next level uh and, and trying to you know get that fan base uh the first appearance after losing what four Super Bowls almost three Super Bowls in a row back in the day so this is a new era for a Buffalo Bills fans this is kind of like a, a new beginning an excitement to the to the uh, just the area and the city in itself uh they've put together a really good squad beasley adding beasley uh sec uh, Singletary, adding uh, as well as Diggs coming into the into the play, a really good offensive line now. Uh, Defensively, they're not that bad; they're pretty good to to be competitive. They're playoff bound at this point. The uh, AFC East no longer an issue with the Patriots and Brady gone; they could literally own it uh, because the Jets are rebuilding. Uh, You're going to have Miami probably in a better state, so that'll be their main competition. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of changes in the AFC East and in the AFC in general where it puts the bills in a really good position between this year and maybe the next three years where they're going to be a team that we 're going to be talking about a team that 's going to have conversation to have and so uh, pretty exciting uh, times if you 're a Buffalo Bills fan right now with Bill's Mafia uh, on the other side Tampa Bay uh, and green bay you 're looking at uh, a closure so uh Tom Brady if he goes to the super bowl in his first year in Tampa Bay we all talked about at the beginning of the year was it the system was it uh Brady and it's starting to look like okay it doesn't matter what the system is once he gets involved and and dives in it looks like it's it's a, a situation where he's the the difference maker where in New England we talked about whether the system was going to make you know like Cam Newton more of a, a of a Tom Brady and it did not happen so there's a lot of intangibles behind you know personnel and the acquisitions, but big time acquisitions for him. Gronk and Antonio Brown wasn't even relevant in this game, in this past game where against New Orleans, really didn't have a factor in terms of Brown, Antonio Brown or Gronkowski. But Gronkowski did have a factor in terms of blocking and keeping things uh, Tom Brady afloat and upright. So that was a big, big factor in general for the game. And if you didn't notice that, obviously that's something that's you know on on film. But uh, Tom Brady is, is, you know, on the road one more time. Aaron Rodgers looking for a second Super Bowl appearance here. Uh, Green Bay fans obviously want to get to that, you know, the, the big stage. Uh, it looks like at this point it might be, you know, uh, Green Bay and Buffalo in the Super Bowl. Um, I would love to see, you know, Tom Brady, Josh Allen in the Super Bowl. If Mahomes um, doesn't go, more than likely the Bills will go. And that would be great. It would be like a like a change of the guard. It would be like Josh Allen versus uh, TB12, change of the guards. If we get to see uh, Patrick Mahomes against Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes against Aaron Rodgers, always interesting. Uh, given the condition and what we know right now, it looks like Patrick Mahomes probably not going to be ready. So That means Haney is going to be able to take the reins for Kansas City if he can pull off the win against the Bills then uh, uh, anticipation will be whether we will see Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So a lot of storylines coming into this conference championship matchups in terms of who's going to get in, who's going to go further, and and which team is going to stand out. So um, we'll, hopefully we'll have McKenzie here in a couple minutes and we'll kind of dive in deeper into that. Um, we also have a lot of news at the Hub. So if you haven't followed us at the Hub, I really, really appreciate it, you guys going to the Hub. We're almost at 9,000 at the Hub, and it cannot be done without you. So really appreciate you guys diving in weekly. It's the best network on the planet. We have the best network covering women's football internationally, plus in the States. Uh, We network with a lot of people to give you the content that's on the page, to break it down for you, give you links, stories, photographers, everything that happens in the women's sport uh, in terms of tackle football. And we do that very, very religiously and very, very energetic every week so thank you to everybody that's uh, on the page that shares our page that comments on our page and also uh, takes advantage of all the articles that we have please share our content so it makes our uh, the awareness for women's tackle football a lot bigger and uh, so really appreciate if you guys do that subscribe to our podcast because it's going to be uh, obviously great to have people listen to us understand what we talk about every week and also it gives everybody insights about women's tackle football so if if you haven't gone to the hub then I'm, I'm basically i don't know what to tell you anymore you go to the hub you got nfl recaps of all the divisional round uh, uh games and that's on a uh, courtesy of the nfl of course and so you can watch and rewatch the games there you can also get the uh live broadcast of two of the games that happened this weekend the afp all-stars which we talked to um uh, Dale Grossinger last uh, on the podcast 355 about the AFE versus WTFL uh, All-Stars. So there it was live. You could get to watch it there, uh, courtesy of NFE uh, Weekend Bowl. And so they are the ones that supplied the broadcast for the game. You're also going to get to see the live broadcast of the South Texas Generals uh, matchup. And that was part of Real Sports uh, Live. Real Sports Live is covering Texas Valley sports women's season, and we're uh, happy to have them on board, and uh, you can share that as well. So live broadcast of two games this weekend, plus all the action that happened in Australia in terms of still photos as well. So uh, really, really awesome weekend of women's tackle football. We have a lot of clashes happening in Great Iron, New South Wales this weekend. Uh, week 11, New Th- uh, UNSW Raiders. We're taking on the Coastal uh, Coast uh, Sharks, and that was a 40-0 to 0 shutout. As uh, The Raiders are ready for another Opal Bowl, uh, an absent year last year, and now they return to action, and they're really, really waiting for another championship here. So looking forward to uh, another week. And then we get to the Opal Bowl, which they're top-ranked and top seed in the New South Wales realm of things. So shout-out to Shiloh Phillips, our NoJoke football athletes, Renee Hahn, and uh, Aliyah Karmali for doing an awesome job out there in terms of com- competition in the New South Wales realm, Great Iron New South Wales, and Australia. Uh, also, Sydney Lions 22 to zero over Central West Giants. Uh, shout out to Stacey Spear. We had to fill in for uh, as interim coach out there to get get the win here for Sydney Lions. So shout out to her for doing a great job over there. So the uh, the Lions get the win, 22 to 22 to zero over Central West. Uh, Giants. They kind of stay in the hunt for a playoff berth. Uh, top four teams make the playoffs uh, sort of a round-robin effect as well. So next week, we're going to have UTS Giants taking on Sydney, uh, North Sydney Rebels, the champs. So we'll look forward to week 12 in uh, Greater New South Wales. So we we'll, should have action photos and coverage as well at the hub at facebook.com for slash Beauties. Uh, we move on to Greater West. Grand Island West, Purse Blitz, 28-22, to 22 Perth Broncos um, get edged by the Blitz uh, at this point. Uh, so thanks to um, Tony Lind- Lindrum, all the action, uh, still photos of the matchup, 28-22, to 22, uh, Perth Blitz versus Perth Broncos at this point. Curtain Saints uh, get the win, 26-20 to 20 over the West Coast uh, Wolverines. Uh, shout out to JF Photography as well for giving us the lowdown in terms of the game action that happened in Great Iron West. And in week 11 here, we're going to have the the Blitz taking on the West Coast Wolverines. West Coast looking for some wins here this season. Now the Blitz just looking to amp up for the playoffs. As usual, one of the top teams in Gridiron West. And then you have Perth Broncos taking on the top seed Rockingham Vipers. The Vipers have been on a just killer season. They have just been demolishing everybody up and down the whole slate of games. So, uh, Broncos coming off that loss to the Blitz. Looking forward to see the clash here as the Rockingham Vipers look to just cement their uh, playoffs stage at this point. They are obviously in, en route to the championship. Uh, there's a couple of weeks left in the season in Gridiron West, but uh, based on their wins, we have secured some, uh, a, cha- a playoff berth to where they it would be the top seed in Gridiron West. The other matchup is going to be Swan City against Curtin Saints. The Saints coming off the uh, the big win, 26-20, edged over West Coast Wolverines. Wolverines played a really good matchup this come around. They've done a really good job of improving week to week the last three weeks. So now we're into this matchup here Swan City, really struggling and looking for a, a win. So we'll see if Curtin can maintain that level of wins, back-to-back wins, as they get ready for the playoff push. That will be for the Great Iron West Championship. So uh, the other matchups we had is Texas Valley Sports, as I just mentioned earlier. And that was uh, week two, Coastal Bend Legion versus Kingsville Empire. Coastal Bend coming off that big upset of the uh, South Texas Generals, eight to six last week in week one. Coastal Bend now was taken on Kingsville Empire, uh, 18 to 14, the win by the Empire, and it edges the Coastal Bend Legion at this point so really really awesome matchup there you can get the still photos there uh from third coast effect it was a really a really good defensive battle there so check it out right there south texas cobras were taking on the river city warriors and that game was canceled uh due to i believe COVID uh, COVID issues and other uh, lack of players so that was uh, a canceled game there corpus christi uh sharks Taken on the South Texas Generals. I just said earlier, 55-0. Uh, the Generals rebound after an 8-6 loss to the Legion in Week Two. I mean Week One. Now it's Week Two, 55-0. So coming up here in Week Three, January 23rd, uh, we are looking at um, the matchups. Just South Texas uh, South Texas uh, Generals will be taken on the, the South Texas Cobras. It's a really good matchup here. The undefeated Cobras, 1-0, against the Generals, 1-1. That will be a good clash. Kingsville, off that big win, stays undefeated as they take on Coastal Legion this past weekend, and they, they edged them. Now they're going to be taking on the Lady, uh, the Corpus uh, Christi Lady Sharks, where are 0-2, looking for their first win of the season. Then you have River City uh, Warriors taking on the Coastal Bend Legion. Legion looks to rebound here. Um, uh, River City Warriors are 0-1, Coastal 1-1, and looking to improve on that standing. So if you missed anything that I just said or didn't know what I'm talking about, you go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. You get the lowdown on everything that's happening in the women's game uh, in Texas, currently Iron West, uh, Iron New South Wales. And uh, obviously the start of the other leagues is coming forward here. Uh, some of the leagues are going to start sooner than later in terms because of the COVID guidelines. So we will keep you up to date in terms of what's happening in the other realm of Europe and, as well. So check it out there. Um, Shout out to coach uh, Chanel Soho Tillman Brooks as she was the uh, announced as the internship for the Lowy Locus uh, award coaching award that was presented. So shout out to her as well. And then we got to give a shout out to the great feature that was done on Great Iron West founder, Kelly Hopkins by Geo Donaldson. Gio Donaldson did a great job on the great feature there. So if you missed it, go to the hub, you can replay it there and you can watch it. Uh, Kelly Hopkins came from Queensland was instrumental in creating the gridiron west women's league as it is today so shout out to her and all her efforts to uh elevate women's tackle football in australia especially at gridiron west which is a really good program that has been in in effect for almost three seasons now so shout out to her and all the people that help her out to elevate the game to a higher level so shout out to kelly hopkins uh, pioneer in women's gridiron west all right um if you did, if you missed the AFE All Stars versus WTFL, you can get it right there, uh, courtesy of the NFE National uh, Weekend Bowl uh, live broadcast there as well. We got still photos as well from the event as well. And then there was uh, some breaking news that came out: uh, UNSW Raiders announced Le- uh, Leonanga um, I'm sorry, Le- yeah, to the WFLA's Las Vegas Devils. So we will see, um, you know, how that transpires in terms of her career. So uh, we'll see. And wish her well. Wish her well in uh, Las Vegas. Let's bring in the salty one, Mackenzie Brooks. Here in the house. Here, let's get her in here. Mac, what's going on?
0: Oscar, how's it going, my friend?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, joining us. Appreciate it.
0: Of course, not a problem. You know, New Year's is always busy for me, so i doing my best to get back in on here on a regular schedule.
1: No worries at all. Um, well, we didn't win the cheese battle, and I know you got you got smacked a lot on your pages for that. But uh, it's it, it is what it is. You no,
0: know, and that's fine. It is it's fine. You know, I'm I welcome all Green Bay Packer fans. I really do like because y'all just y'all y'all make me famous for real, man. Y'all are so sensitive. I just he <laughs> absolutely love it. What <sighs> the saving grace is is. Old King Cheese himself, Aaron Rodgers, is probably gonna win this weekend, and it's gonna end up being Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, and at which point I will be rooting for Tom Brady.
1: Well, you're in the Lori Locust bandwagon like the rest of us are. Unfortunately, that's who, that's where we're at. We're gonna go root. We're gonna root for the Lori Locust bandwagon, which is TV12.
0: I love me some Coach Lowe. Love me some of her. So it's gonna be Coach Lowe and TV12 versus uh. King Cheese and uh, Matt LaFleur.
1: I, I think uh, Coach Lowe is coming for Rodgers and that defense. I'm pretty sure she's game, game planning for that already.
0: Yeah, I absolutely see Coach Lowe sending the house the first play off the bat during the Super Bowl. Like, it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a thing. It's a thing.
1: Uh, I was just talking to Win earlier uh, about an hour ago, and she's stoked about it. We're stoked about it. Can you imagine that? Sours last year in the Super Bowl. Now we're going to have Lori Locust in the Super Bowl if, if and when she beats the, the Packers.
0: You know, it's going to be wild, Oscar. Two, two of our world-renowned and most beloved female pioneers of the game, back-to-back Super Bowls. It's, just, it's, it's crazy to see and crazy to think that we've come so far in the sport for this to happen. It's amazing.
1: It's gonna be great for Coach, man. I mean, all the hard work she's put in through the arena leagues, through the uh, semi-pro leagues, to get to this stage. And then, you know, God willing, you know, she beats Green Bay, and then she will be standing at the biggest stage. Wow. Yeah,
0: it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I'm telling you, it it. I just I can't wait, Oscar. Like I just I really need Campbell Bay to win this weekend and I'm always pulling for the Packers to win but that's against my nature so obviously I'm going for the Bills and I also have to go for the Bills because the Bills is my dad's family team so I can't not root for them somehow you know so I'm just very much at this point I want to see an Aaron Rodgers uh TB12 GOAT Super Bowl matchup um but I want the Bills to beat the Packers so I'm kind of conflicted there
1: yeah, I agree. I, I think that it's going to be a good clash. Um, what do you what do you think is going to happen in this game? I I, I think defensively the 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 Bucks really will have a great uh, opportunity. Uh, I don't know offensively. I, I would have to give the edge to the Packers. I think they really uh, showed what they can do offensively. So it could be a situation where it's a uh, offense versus defense, and who's going to just stand out more.
0: Yeah, and but we also have to realize. Tom Brady is the GOAT for a reason, you know, when Tom Brady played for the, for the Patriots, I was not a huge fan of him because I thought, you know, he had everything given to him and like, he just radiated all this talent and just, you know, talent just came to him and he moved to and, you know, went to a different team, different conference or different division rather. And then bang, like you, you know, the only thing that's familiar to him is Rob Gronkowski, um, You know, and that's really the only offensive weapon that he was, you know, familiarized with. And then he got that big old, big old tackle, Tristan Worth out of Iowa. And as a rookie has been, has only allowed, I think, four sacks this entire season. Um, So, you know, he's the GOAT for a reason. But Aaron Rodgers is King Cheese for a reason. So, you know, I think I'm going to go with you. I have to give a little bit of the offensive edge to Aaron Rodgers and the cheese balls up there but the defensive edge definitely goes to Coach Lowe's um, powerhouse Buccaneers over there in Tampa Bay. Uh, It's going to be a wild match. Uh, What I think is going to happen, though, is is kind of the same result as what happened with the Saints game this past weekend, TV-12 versus uh, Drew Brees, a go in his own right. Um, I think the defense is just going to take over. Um, And if if Tom Brady can get Mike Evans the ball, if he can spread the ball out across his offense, I think – Aaron Rodgers
1: and those cheese balls are going to have a hard time. Yeah, I agree. I think you're on um, point because it's it's going to take a a pretty good game by uh, Brady and um, and company to really do it. And there was no factor against um, New Orleans. Yeah, no Antonio Brown, no real, wrong, um, you know, Rob Gronkowski. So this could be a situation where they end up using them where they didn't against um, New Orleans. Um, Mac, what do you say of New Orleans? I mean, that's Unfortunately, noodle arm, Drew Brees through three interceptions. Uh, Michael Thomas, not a factor. Uh, the Bucks really did a good job on stopping Kamara. So um, you gotta, I guess you got to give uh, Coach Lowe the, uh, the shout out for doing it.
0: Coach Lowe, you the ground. Yeah. Look, that defense is rock solid. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, and they've been rock solid all season it would be different if they came from a place of adversity as far as, you know, starting out rough and then building up, but they've been pretty consistent the entire season. So being able to watch them be in this position and potentially get a Super Bowl berth, with, you know, with it being Tom Brady and uh, Gronk's first year at a, at a different team together is going to, it's going to stay a lot. It's going to stay a lot about what they've had to go through as a team personally and what they've had to go through adversity wise on either side of the ball. Um, as far as her defense in general, they did. They came to work. They did what coaches told them to do. They put the pressure on Drew Brees. Okay, they covering gaps, covering zones, flying 11 people flying to the ball, 11 people flying to, you know, wherever the ball carrier is. That that's what they're gonna have to do, and then some, to stop Aaron Rodgers and that offense in Green Bay. Um, the, the, like I said, the offensive advantage right now goes to Green Bay, but if they can stop Aaron Rodgers and put pressure on him and shut down Aaron Jones and Alan Lazard, I think I think Table Bay can win. But they gotta they gotta get through um, this game this weekend first.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how they combat um, some of Rodgers' tendencies to you know to uh sway off and and kind of maneuver themselves off the pocket. It, it, uh, hopefully that'll be the case. I mean, they did a good job against Breeze. Should be any different here. Uh you know, Rodgers isn't as probably as I mean, probably more mobile than Breeze is. So that's the only thing that they have to account for, but um be interesting game here too. Let's bring in Nate here to the conversation here. Uh Nate Ward in the house here. Uh Nate, uh we're talking uh, Packers against Tampa Bay, so uh uh, we're going with Coach Lowe on the bandwagon for TB twelve. <laughs> hmm. What do you think? are uh, not going Packers, I presume.
4: I don't want either of them, frankly. But if I well, had there's pick, a bitter yeah, Seattle no, fan, <laughs> no, I just, I mean, I, I've honestly never cared for either of them. Um, and that comes from Gavin know football, uh but if I had to pick yeah it would be it would be Brady by far,
1: yeah i think we're I think we're all on the coach the uh, coach low uh, bandwagon if she if she gets this win, she's going to the super Bowl uh sours last year to the Super Bowl, and then we get another w f a alumni in a super Bowl game that would be awesome, and she could have the potential yeah. to win it, and that would be huge it would be massive. Yeah, I'm, Mac, uh, uh, can you imagine? She would go Trump, uh, hooked up with Trump, uh, Tom Brady forever. Tom Brady would win another Super Bowl. Coach Lori Locus would be part of the Brady legacy of championship Super Bowls. It's pretty cool.
0: Well, I think you have to give Coach Love her Coach own Lowe legacy in her own right because you can't couple a a Super Bowl win without the defensive side of everything. Coach Lowe has been at the forefront of that defense since she's gotten into the NFL. So her being there and putting the time in, putting the work in, helping you know, draft those players, helping mold those players into the defense that that coordinator and they want down there is what is, what is going to give her and what has given her her own legacy, being a coach down there. So if she wins the Super Bowl alongside TV-12, that's going to say a lot in itself.
1: I mean, defensively, it's going to be big. If they come up big, uh, I, I, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but if they come big, up big, she shows up in the in the Super Bowl, and they they do a miraculously good game, you know, we're, we're going to be all very proud of her. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, I think we're all already very proud of her, especially, you know, seeing how far her and, and Katie have oh, yeah. come along on their respective teams, I think – Everybody, at least in, in our realm of things, on, on, you know, on the, the women's side of the game, you know, has nothing but, mad, you know, mad respect. And, you know, we're all very proud of the both of them. So, this just adds on to that pride and joy that we have for, for the both of those ladies.
1: All right. Um, Mac, are you taking the young buck? Allen, if Mahomes does not return.
0: Josh Allen. Yeah, actually, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised with the Buffalo Bills. Um, you're on the Bills I'm Mafia too, because I
1: can't get off the Bills Mafia. I think I I I know Kansas City's good, but it seems like a like a, a Cinderella story this year for them.
0: So here's here's my here's my take on this. It, it's not so much a Cinderella story because they've done everything right the past seasons. They they built their team through the draft just like they are supposed to, and they've been consistent after starting to build their team through the draft. You know they they get Josh Allen a couple of years ago. He starts to heat up. Then this year or this past draft you snag AJ Evanessa from Iowa, and he's a rookie and he's started and been blown. He's been blowing up. He's been blowing up left and right. Tackles, Tatt- sacks, tackles for loss, fumble recovery. I mean he he that kid is a freaking maniac and he looks good doing it. Um, the Bills are somebody's in love.
1: Guys. Like somebody's in love.
0: I I want look I love I love football, y'all know that. It's, I don't care what team you are unless you're Green Bay Packers. I don't like y'all, okay. But if you even then, if you make a football move or you make a football play, I will give you props. I will give you your credit, and that's exactly what Buffalo has done, and they have done it right. No, they have not tried to take any short routes. They haven't tried to do anything extra. They literally tried to build their team and have built their team through the draft and have done it respectively and very very fast, mind you. It, so far, it's, it, I think. Uh, Josh Allen has been out of college for three seasons now.
3: Yeah, three seasons. I think this is his
0: third his third year on his rookie contract, and has already you know made it to his uh you know his championship as a third year, fourth year.
1: It's progression. I mean, that's, that's very about good it. progression for sure. It's progression.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just crazy to to see because you know you think about you think about three four years ago Buffalo Bills like you you had to be you know diehard uh, you know fan Buffalo Bills you know when they were good in the past you had to be you know native to love the Buffalo Bills and now Bill's Mafia is it like Bill's Mafia is the it thing right now so you know if I'm Bill's Mafia I'm standing up and I'm being loud and proud and to be honest. I think if Patrick Mahomes comes back, I still think Josh Allen's going to be him. Everybody's thinking that, Mac.
1: Everybody's thinking that because everybody's assuming that he's not going to be as, you know, I don't know what happened, but if he's got a concussion and and a lot of medical concerns at this point, if he doesn't get, um, you know, uh, cleared by Friday, then I'm pretty sure everybody will be excited for the fact that the bills have arrived. I mean, uh, this kid's done a great job, and then you add Diggs and Beasley to the to the mix. I mean, uh, you gave him some tools, and he's able to do both. He's mm-hmm. able to sway off. He's, he's very. He's kind of like a Russell Wilson in a, in a, in a, in a lot of ways. And now you gave him Diggs and Beasley. On top of that, you get also you get Singletary with the run game. Uh, so, like you said, uh, Mac, they have put together a good nucleus for the kid.
0: Yeah, you know you gotta have you gotta have the nucleus and you gotta have everything surrounding the nucleus to make it a successful cell. Okay, so and that's what they are. They are a successful, consistent cell of just freaking. I don't even know if I can say this badassery. Okay, and it's just it's it's very re- refreshing to see. I love it. Nate, what do you think?
1: Hmm. Get hyped up, Nate! You're not even hyped up, Nate. What's going on here? The Bills, Bills Mafia on, is Nate. all over the internet. Come on, Nate! You're on the Bills wagon. Come on.
4: I am on the Bills wagon. This my my problem is, you know, unlike the other one, uh, the other matchup where it's easy for me, this one is, it's between Bills Mafia with you know, history in the making versus the fact that I do have good, good, practically family. Members, friends that live in Kansas, and they are Chiefs fans.
1: They're not going to. So they're I'm, not going to kill you. I know they're not going to go that route, but they are going. Gonna... <laughs>
4: that, that that's another way of saying I'm not disappointed, but. <laughs> no, I, I got I I got the bills in this way, especially if if Mahomes is up to par. We saw we saw how close. It was against the Browns, and I, you know, the Browns just let that chance squander away. If they if they capitalized on that, there was no way. I believe there was no way that the Chiefs were going to pull it out without. Yeah. They
1: got lucky. They got yeah. lucky. I mean, there was a couple plays there that could have been the other way. Like to your point, Nate, and we could have had Browns mania <laughs> against Bill's <Right>. mafia. <laughs> that would have been the show. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, I mean, I'm taking Buffalo uh, on this one. I, I, if Mahomes doesn't come back by Friday, I'm still taking Buffalo. I think Buffalo is the better squad. Uh, I, I know Ty Tyree kills good. And I know Kelsey's good, but without a Mahomes, um, there's a highly, highly higher percent percentage that, uh, Buffalo will win. That's uh and that's on a betting line mentality. Um, so as well. So on a money mode, um, Tampa Bay, I, I got to go. With, I got to go with TV twelve. I really want Locust to go in the Super Bowl, so that's the only. You know, I think she can pull it off, and I think he can pull it off. So,
0: yeah, I gotta agree. I, I think it's gonna be. Um, yeah. It's gonna be either way. It's gonna be a bloodbath.
1: Oh, you think sure? so? Against the Cheeseheads?
0: I do. Yeah, I don't know why, but I mean, it's always. And that's their good, huh? Not to my knowledge, I don't think we've had a T V twelve Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl magic for a while. So, you know, I mean I know we're ta- we're kinda of talking ahead of ourselves, but in reality T V twelve should take care should should take care of his game and Aaron Rodgers should take care of his game. So you know but there's also always that flip side of what if you know what if the Bills beat, beat green Bay? <laughs> you know? Uh. I mean, it's a, it's a huge what it I mean, unfortunately. Well, it's we're down, the we are down yeah.
1: to a lot of scenarios. If the Bucks cannot get it done, then we have Rodgers against Allen, okay? If Kansas City gets it done, then we probably have Mahomes against Brady. If we get Buffalo against Rodgers, we got Allen versus Rodgers. If we get the opposite, then we're going to get what? Uh, Allen versus Brady. So it's it's the anticipation for the Super Bowl is huge here in terms of the changing of the guard. It's really what we're looking at, the changing of the guard. Uh, Holmes already has arrived. This would be Allen's moment if he can't get past Kansas City, and he's going to be facing, you know, Aaron Rodgers if that's the case, or Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, it, I mean, and what
0: like you say, team, you know, care? the the. Yeah, the young guns are already slowly starting to take over. I mean, like you said, Patrick Mahomes has arrived. He is the first young gun to essentially, you know, be put into that upper echelon now. And if Josh Allen can get the, get the job done, it's going to say a lot. It's gonna, you know, it's going to start to tell people, like, it's a young man's game again. You know, it, it's not all about these, these old cats anymore. And don't, don't get me wrong, Tom Brady, Tom Brady is a dude. Aaron Rodgers is a dude. But it's slowly starting to become time
1: to be up, you know? Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a great weekend of, you know, the two veterans facing each other for the right to the Super Bowl. We have the two young uh, up-and-coming up quarterbacks in the AFC facing each other for the Super Bowl. And like I said, if Mahomes plays, it's going to be great to see. If he doesn't play, then obviously it's kind of a, li- a little letdown in terms of the AFC championship game. But overall, I think it's going to be a great weekend in, in, that, in that regard. Um guys, let's, let's go back with some feedback before we get out of here. We've got 15 minutes. Let's go back to the feedback. So, um, McKenzie, I, I really thought the Rams were going to pull it off, but then eventually there in the third quarter, no Donald, no Donald at full force, Ramsey getting, getting beat on certain plays, and all of a sudden, you know, the Packers did expose us, and so we get edged. I mean, we played a pretty good game for three quarters, but just couldn't pull it off in the last quarter.
0: You know, I was so hot. I was so mad. I was so mad that y'all couldn't pull it off. I'm sitting here like, I know oh, they're going, I to know. they're going to do it, and I'm like, I'm like, what the hell? What, what what's going on? I said, I was screaming at the TV, like, what's going on? Like, I was that mad, cause I wanted the pack a so damn bad.
1: Sorry you got backlash. Apologize, we couldn't pull it off for you.
0: It's fine. Better luck next year, Oscar.
1: Yeah. Um, Nate, uh, when, when Jackson goes down, uh, it really was just the bills. I mean, that, that's just, cause he was a one man show. And we talked about it last week and without him, we did. Being at full four, it was, you, you said it last week if the, if he doesn't, you know, if they don't uh, do something around him, uh, the bills were just the better team and you're right. And what was
4: interesting to me was, you know, I, I, I want to say, I I wouldn't want to say that I'm the only one that realizes that, but everybody else wanted to point out, you know, the 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 elements and the weather factor. No, it was plain and simple, exactly as I said. He couldn't do it. He fell apart. And once you take out, they had nothing, and it was all bills.
1: Yeah, and it was. That's so, what it was. I mean, really, the the run game. Andrews didn't come through for them. Um, nope, they, they really didn't have uh, an answer for him. And, and um how are you going to go up against? Like you said earlier, uh, last week, was you know you're you're taking Josh Allen, Diggs, and Beasley, not including the run right. game with. You know, and so it was just just too much for that. Um, uh, McKenzie, we all wanted uh, Cali Branson, you know, to to move on to the next round and uh, almost there. But even with Mahomes down, the Bills, I mean, the Browns couldn't seem to get, you know. Uh, to get the edge, Kansas City, because I don't think Kansas City had their best game. You know
0: something? You know, here's the irony in all of this. I wanted the Browns to lose because I have a handful of Brownie fans on my page. That I mean, y'all know me. I love to irritate people. That's my job as the salty one. I have to live up to that expectation of salt and sash. And doing that, I really needed the, you. You I cannot really the Browns bring the to win, down. To lose
1: people down this is their first time in like what three generations that they're in the playoffs i'm pretty sure they were stoked well, you know, even I, at your anger you
0: know i almost felt bad and then i realized i'm in a bunch of facebook sports groups and all we do is just entertain the hell out of each other so with that being said for a second yeah for yeah for about <laughs> a whole five seconds I felt bad, and I'm like, I'm like, no, I can't do that. I said, because I'm like, I'm like, I be me some Cali too. I said, Cali, I was like, that would be so cool to see Cali, you know, in that position. I'm like, well, I mean, man, and like I said, the the irony of this entire thing is is that they had the same exact score and last year when they lost seventeen to twenty two.
1: Yeah, it's. It, I mean, they 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 had an opportunity. Uh, credit Mayfield, he's did pretty, pretty good. Chubbs and Hunt, I mean, they got a good nucleus there. When they get OBG, uh, OBJ back, I think they're going to be uh, – hopefully that doesn't ruin what they started here this year because that's how it worked out <laughs> the year before. Uh, but right. we'll see. Uh, Nate, uh, no surprise here. I mean, Tampa Bay does get the win. It was kind of a, a customary Tom Brady win. And then the fact that Breeze threw the three the interception with the noodle arm, kind of, and no Michael Thomas. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I think, you
4: know, one could have hoped that, you know, because now we know that Breeze is most likely the retiring. We, you know, I think we all would have kind of hoped for that little, you know, last, you know, ride into the sunset, get the Super Bowl trophy, but almost was kind of written perfectly knowing to, to easily know that Brady was going to win. I mean, just just how hot Tampa Bay was rolling into that game. You know, I mean, yeah, he looks I mean, stellar. Credit,
1: and, uh, Coach Locust, yeah. she did uh, do a really good job defensively. They, they, the defensive uh, It was a defensive win by Tampa Bay, basically, because I don't think it was really an, a Brady impressive win. But the, the defense no. really did the job.
4: Yeah, I would I would agree. Uh, I mean they they stepped up and they um they were firing on all cylinders. So, I mean,
1: you know, what 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 are you going to do when you're dealing with a defense you can't stop? <laughs> it's true. And then, you know, dropping four balls that Michael Thomas did, that doesn't help your team either. So, kind of non-existent that, no. for him. And it's kind of weird in a way, but that's what happened. Um Mac uh, are you getting excited? WNFC on Vire Network, on the app, over 116 God. countries viewership. Absolutely. I, I don't know what Absolutely. to tell you, but uh, I, I'm assuming your Nighthawks better be ready because you're going to be front and center and showcased, and we can't wait to see you just kind of terrorize some maybe elite Spartans or Denver Bandits.
0: Look, man, I'm going to put that on front street right now. Okay, no, We stay ready. Ain't no getting ready. We stay ready. And just like every other team in our league, we stay ready. There, there's no getting ready. You get ready and you stay ready. Period. So I'm ready with. I'm with all of it. I'm ready for all of it. I don't care. Put a target on my back. I'm with all of it. Getting You're gonna be in prime, time Mac. prime time, Mac. Are you ready for prime
1: time, Mac? Are you ready for prime time? You're with be...
0: all of the prime time, Oscar.
1: You're right. going to be in primetime. Imagine you. You are so loud on your Facebook groups. I don't think they've seen you on game day. And you're going to be live on an app, viewership and all. I can't wait for you to be, like, standing out and going, who is that beast? And then they're going to say the Mac. Yeah. The Mac show. Look, the,
0: the, the better question is, are is y'all ready for me? Are y'all ready for the Nighthawks? Are y'all ready for WNFC primetime? Are y'all, are y'all hey, ready? Cause I
1: know we do. Hey, right. Mac. Your Nihawks were impressive. Year one, they were very impressive. They're in the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. They, they, and they And they played Texas Elite pretty decent both times. So, And from what I hear from you and everybody else in Nebraska, much improved Nihawks for this 2021. So watch out, WNFC.
0: Look, I'm telling you right now, I don't like to be cocky. You guys know I'm a very humble person, but I know what I'm good at. You're going to need the whole team to stop me, period. I don't care what anybody has to say, but that means you guys are stopping me. That means my team is making touchdowns. You guys are stopping me. That means we're opening up holes. So let's go. So uh, with all the smoke. I want all the smoke. So Nate, Period.
1: Nate. here we go. That's yeah. our AD right here. AD. Yes. <laughs> AD. Yes. In the house. Uh-huh. <laughs> this girl wants to eat. She wants to eat quarterbacks. Are you playing on the, the defensive side, or are you just playing both sides anyways? Uh, or no disclosure here for any any type of, uh, you know, roster adjustment. So, if you say both sides, we'll be okay with it.
0: I'm just going to let y'all think. Well, I'm just going to let y'all pick where you think I'm playing, and you'll find out <laughs> on May 7th. Well, that's how that's going to go. But just know, wherever I be, y'all better be ready. Y'all better be ready. I'm ready to go. I'm with all of oh,
1: my God, I can't wait to see you wild on that field, and I feel sorry for whoever you crush into and <laughs> slam on the ground. I feel so bad for whoever comes Look, up. Look, so no, already make, make
0: no joke. Look, make no joke about it. I'm going to crush people, and I'm going to get crushed. That's the, that's the name of the game. You know, it ain't about how hard you can crush. It's about how hard you can get crushed and keep moving forward. That's what I'm about. That's what the Mack truck does. That's what the Nighthawks do, and that's what we do here in the WNFC. Okay, we are – the top elite league for women's so, football
1: period mac i'll give I'll give you the analogy. you guys are flying over and dropping bombs. that'll be you right there, dropping bombs coming in oh
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, yeah, bomb dropping that's what we do, you know, and like I said, I fully expect look at that, and i don't I everybody's like, oh, we' you got target your back, okay, and when the hell has that ever stopped me before? Wait, somebody tell well, me on me, on social me media,
1: I would agree. On the field, uh, maybe it'll happen even more so now because if you're a better squad, you will have a target on your back because improvement always brings attention.
0: Oh, yeah. No, look, I, stay, I, I eat gym. I eat workouts. I eat staying in a gym. I work in a damn gym, okay? I, I live there, okay? There's nothing but – I have no choice but to improve. I play four sports, football being – one of the top ones that I play. I don't have no choice. So if I'm improving, that means everybody else is improving, period. So I'm with all the smoke. Crush me all you want. You're not going to stop me, okay, period. I'm with oh my God. all the smoke I need. All right.
1: Me. So uh, No Joke Football is our athlete here, Mackenzie Brooks. So you're going to um, get to see No Joke Football in 2021 with the Nebraska Nighthawks as the Max Show comes to the WNFC Vire Network. Oh, my God. I can't wait for you to be live and crushing people. We're going to be so proud. <laughs> We're going to be just like scaring of yeah, else. but proud for you.
0: People already don't like me because I'm wild, and I don't, I'm don't. 99% of the time I don't have a filter. So people, people already don't like me for that, and I really don't give a I don't care. No, I don't care. Um, let me just say that right now. However, I do care if you tune in. I really do. I, I care that you tune in and you, and you see the products that we're putting on the field. I care that you tune in and you're, you know, you're giving women's football the chance to be what you, what we know it is and what y'all don't think it is. So I encourage y'all to tune in. I encourage y'all to follow me. I encourage y'all to follow the Nighthawks. I encourage y'all to follow our beloved CEO, K- Odessa Jenkins out here, killing it. Everybody in the front office for the WNFC, like, Y'all need to look, tune in. That's all you need to do. Tune in. So we need to go.
1: Your ears on. Let's end. Let's end it with hashtag. Step your game up, and that's it. That's where you're at. Step your game up. 2021 coming forward. Um, the anticipation is so huge, uh, especially with both leagues elevating their, uh, you know, visibility uh, to an audience. So, um, so you guys, if you guys don't know what's going on, what we're talking about, or what we're dealing with, uh, I don't know where you're at, but you should be at the hub because that's where everything's happening at the hub. So go to facebook.com for beauties. On top of that, go to monkeyknifefight.com. You can play NBA nightly. You can play uh, NFL for the remainder of the season, MMA. A lot of stuff happening at monkeyknifefight.com. That's our big, big time sponsor. And we could be not proud of them uh, giving us the trust to help us out, to bring awareness to women's cycle football. So use code NJF, go to monkeyknifefight.com. And then if you've uh, basically missed any of our podcasts over 350 and if, you don't know what Max talking about, what Nate's talking about, what we're talking about. You can always go back and replay any of our podcasts. Last week we had uh, the uh, Dale Gusener of AFE, and then also uh, Bobby Avalos included in that. So um, check it out. This this today we just had Win Dominic giving us all the lowdown of the WFA. So for uh, you know for you guys that don't know what's going on, go to subscribe, iHeart, Apple, Spotify, check it out. Look, just do it. How
0: many times I got to tell y'all, right. Mate, just do it. Just go to the hub. Like I'm so tired of telling y'all this, like tune in to the hub. That's where you get all your information. If you're not following us on social media, I don't feel sorry for any of you. Period. I don't.
1: All right, guys, we're out of here. Thanks for a win coming in. Thanks for the Holly Custis, our Hall of the Nate Ward, Mackenzie Brooks. So you guys, Catch us here next Tuesday as we break down the NFL Conference Championships and the lowdown in Gridiron, New South Wales, Gridiron West, and Texas Valley Sports. So check it out. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe. Have a great night, everybody.